Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to another episode of MPL. Today we're going to be talking about living in fear and does one specific gender live in fear more than the other and everything else related to it. <laughs> so we're going to start off by just sharing some of our experiences. Would you, Randa and Yasmin, this is directed specifically to you guys, would you say women living in fear is an exaggeration or is it very much the norm? Yasmin, you go first. <laughs> I would say it's definitely the norm. And um, just in general, it doesn't matter what, what time of the day it is, like night or like day, it's still like, I still live in fear. Like I'll be, I'll be in my car, my car, my doors will be unlocked. And then s- somehow someone will just be walking by and they look at, they're looking at me straight in the eye. And then I quickly lock my doors because I and I get so scared and it's not like I'm judging the person but like the fact that you're looking at me in my eyes and you're just being weird and then you have a tiny smirk on your face like yeah and then at night too I, I can't like I can't walk alone at night so it's not an exaggeration it's not an exaggeration <clears throat> I'm gonna tell a story from like literally two days ago so I usually like to go on walks because I'm a grandma okay I like walking and we obviously live in like a really white like town um and so it's a village it's not even a town but anyways um literally two days ago I was like I wanted to go out on a walk and so whenever I leave the house I always tell my parents like where I'm going how long I'm gonna be there um because I think every girl in the back of her mind is always thinking about like what if I go missing um someone should at least know where I was last and so I tell my dad I'm just like yo I'm gonna go out on my walk and he's like low-key I want to go out on a walk too and I was like sick we'll go together and so he was it was literally during the work day so he was just taking a break between his meetings and he went out to walk with me and so we walked a bit and then he was like okay I'm gonna have to head back because you know I have meetings so you continue your walk I'm gonna I'm gonna go home but he literally turns around and he picks up a bunch of stones and he's like you're gonna put these in your pocket because <laughs> if someone comes at you or you feel threatened, like do not hesitate to so just smack them in the face. And so, and so, and, but that's like a very real fear, right? Like not only a fear that I have, but also a fear that my dad has because he's not with me. So he needs to make sure that like, I can look after myself. But anyways, yeah. And 
I find I find it has to do with like all these instances that happen around us so often to other people just because it hasn't maybe happened to us doesn't mean it's not likely to it's just as likely to happen to one of us I like one of the other things I was thinking of is it's such a normal like ingrained part of our behavior that if we're wearing heels and we have to walk at night you bring a like pair of change because and the reasoning behind it is not for comfortability or anything else it's just because if I need to run or someone is walking behind me I can't do that in heels as effectively as I can in like and it also person. you also heels draw attention to you exactly. that you're a woman and you don't want to exactly. do that yeah so it, I find yeah, that Rinda, they couldn't tell that by how you look right they needed the heels you look like a man without the heels listen, listen, is that what you're saying listen listen <laughs> Smile is never gonna let this joke go. Okay, but it's funny that you bring this up. But in the winter, when I want to go out on a walk, um, my dad doesn't like walking in the cold, so I always go alone. But he's like, you have to dress up like a man. <laughs> so my, sister, my sister wears my dad's jacket. Like she oh, asked yes. my dad's jacket. I literally, I literally tuck in my scarf into my hoodie or whatever I'm wearing. I wear a hat. I wear my dad's jacket, and I have these ugly ass caterpillar boots that I wear. I mean, I'm five feet tall, so it's not very convincing, but it's fine. Like, it works. <laughs> See, my sister is the same height as my, almost the same height as my dad. So she'll, like, put on his jacket, put on his shoes. She's like, let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, I just have a quick question for Rhonda. I just wanted to clarify. Why do you think your dad, um, what's it called, points at you to wear different things um, so that for your protection? So in particular, I think my case is a bit more extreme because my dad doesn't worry this much when I'm in London, for example, but here he worries a lot more because I'm not only am I a woman, but I'm also a hijabi and we live in a really, really white town. So he's like, I don't want you to be singled out easily. And so that's primarily his, his thing is the fact that I'm a hijabi, but yeah. Okay, so yeah, because that's what I'm kind of like getting at is basically like he's aware that the reality of like the, the life we live is is that you, the amount of attention or unwanted attention you get mm -hmm. is uh, couldn't be heavily like moved. Like the variable of you getting that, like the, or sorry, the probability of you getting that unwanted attention can be drastically changed dependent on how you dress. Okay, but here's the thing. If I dress- I'm just pointing it out. That's all. No, That's no, your no. dad. That's not me, by the way. This is not my, what I'm saying. This is what your dad's saying. Okay, I get it. But here's the thing. Like, on a day-to-day, -day, I'm not going to go leave the house dressed like a man. That's oh, not yeah, I'm not saying that. You know I'm just I mean? showing, I'm just, look, you're talking to a guy that likes to, like, take the logical, to take things to their logical conclusion. Yeah, yeah, like, I, Go on, go on. No, no, I'm just saying, on the face of it, it looks mm -hmm. very, like, um, uh, it doesn't look as if your dad is telling you, oh, wear something, wear this, because this will get you less attention. But if you just look into why he's saying that, it's clear that he knows that, look, if you wear certain, uh, if you wear clothes that will make you look like a woman, that alone will get you attention. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's all I'm pointing out. Which is a problem in itself. Exactly. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a problem. That's a, that's a problem. But then imagine like when you start getting in. So, so that's just to show that even dressing as a woman will get you attention, let alone if you start wearing revealing clothes as a woman. Who wants to? I think we'll get into that one later because I feel no, like I'm just I'm just pointing out what your dad is saying. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. But I feel like a lot of guys use like they and I get it. Like obviously, like 
even in Islam, like Islam looks out for us when it tells us to be modest. But like, even when, like as a hijabi, I'm like the type of person, I don't even wear tight clothing, okay? But going to the mall alone for me is very daunting, even though it sucks because I love shopping alone. But I don't like going to the mall alone because the amount of stares you get, the amount of comments you get, and you're not even, you're just like, I'm, I'm as, I'm as, I'm as, as covered as I can try to be. Like what, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I feel like, yeah, go on. No, no, Randa, I agree with you. That's that's exactly precisely my point is that just your, let's say you are dressed modestly at the mall, but you look like a woman, you're going to get some sort of attention. But then it's a progressive scale. So the attention you, the unwanted attention you get mm -hmm. is, uh, what's it called, moves along the scale dependent on how you, uh, or what type of clothes you wear. That's, I'm just trying to show that there's a direct correlation between attention and what clothes you wear. Whether that correlation is good or not good, that, that's irrelevant. I'm just trying to point and show that there is a correlation and like saying that there isn't and that, you know, people should be able to walk naked and not get any attention. Like this is, that's, that's what I'm trying to show is no, yeah. there is a very clear correlation. I, I, I don't think it's about attention because that's like, like you said, it's a reality. It just exists. I think it's more so about the fact that that should not be a reason for you being sexually harassed as in like being saying it's acceptable. For example- Yeah, yeah. nobody's saying that. That's exactly. why I said it. it's exactly. not, a, this is not about morality. It's not about whether exactly. it's right or wrong. It's about matter of fact. You, mm -hmm. the way you dress impacts on this, on a certain spectrum, how much, uh, what's it called? How much attention you get. Mm -hmm. Okay. So before we move on, one thing I did want to bring up is I was actually talking to my mom about this episode and how, what we were going to discuss. And she mentioned to me, Misha, it's not just a age thing, because I remember initially when I was thinking about it, I was like, girls in our age group have to worry more about this than like women, for example, in my, like my mom's age and older. And my mom was like, no, I, she was telling me the story. I won't repeat the story just before a privacy concern because there's some identifying details in there but she she was saying like that's her reality too like if my dad's not home or when like us kids were little and she was at home alone like she said her, like even in her own house she was worried like what if people know I'm here alone with little kids like what can that lead to and like even going out alone or going grocery shopping I remember for the longest time my mom would always take one of us kids with her when she would go grocery shopping and I never got it because I'd be like wouldn't you want to leave us at home like especially if I'm old enough to babysit like why would you want to take someone with you but I I get it now because people were less likely to mess with her when she had a kid than when she went out alone and that's a reality no matter how old you get it's not just about you know our age group it's just like a gender thing, I guess. So, so nobody's gonna ask me if I live in fear? Or is it just exactly, a lot of women? Yeah, <laughs> if you want to answer, go ahead. I, I live in fear. My life is, is so fearful. I, I'm fearful for my life 24 seven. No, okay. I'm gonna be real with you guys, okay? Definitely women live in so much more fear than guys. We do not live in as much fear. No way. Anybody, any guy that says that is talking rubbish. So. Let's, okay, so now that that's out of the way, it doesn't mean that guys are also like uh, completely oblivious to their surroundings or oblivious to safety. For example, whenever, um, uh, what's it called? Like when you guys talked about how when you're walking, you're very diligent and you're very like aware and you try to have something on you. Or, uh, I'm always looking over my shoulder. If somebody crosses the road to like to walk on my side, I cross the road again. So like 
there are these things that I, be I believe that there's a certain set of standards with regards to safety that every person should adopt, regardless of, of your gender or not. Because the motive for attacking women is different to the motive of attacking men. Like a lot of men will attack men to rob them or to, you know, beat them up or whatever it is. And uh, yeah, like steal it, mug them, basically steal their money. But women will get attacked for like sexual assault or rape or something. But there, there's still like risk there. I'm not talking about whether it's the same risk or not irrelevant. And it doesn't matter if it was the same risk because women are more inherently at risk because they can't defend themselves against the man the same way a man can with a man. So I, as men, we are supposed to, and I personally do. Um, I always lock the, my doors, just like Michelle was saying, like if I'm in the car and there's like somebody near my car, I straight lock the doors because the way I see it is, so just so I can protect my safety and the people in the car with me, I'd rather see the worst possible scenario run through my mind rather in real life. So I, I see like a homeless person walking beside my car in, in Toronto, I'm locking all the doors straight away. Because I don't know if that homeless person had a little too much crack and is going to open up my door and cause me a problem. So, and even if it's not a homeless person, anybody, I don't like, I, it's general, general distrust is good, in my opinion. Like, don't be too trusting of people. Don't be too gullible. I mean, yeah, that's what it. And I just want to add on to Ismail. It's not like we're judging the people based on their looks or anything like that. The first thing that comes into my mind is safety. And I don't know that person. I'm not going to trust them mm -hmm. and therefore I'm going to lock my doors. Um, and even, even when like I'm on an intersection and people ask me for money or something like that, I'm not going to give them money. I'm like, what if I put my window down and something happens, right? And then I'm like, for the sake of Allah, I'm so sorry. I can't <laughs> donate, but it's just for my safety. And it's not that we're not judging and we're not, our hearts are too small. It's literally just for safety. I mean, like it's speak nice. for yourself. I'm judging. Um, so. <laughs> Another <laughs> no, no, no. thing, Ismail, I agree with you. I, I think yeah, yeah, men still live in fear. And like, in the sense, that I don't think they live with fear, but I think they do have to reel with uh, reasonable like fear. Yeah. I think the distinction is the fact that men have to deal with fear dependent on where they are and the circumstances around them like for example what time of day it is like night it is uh, what, what location they're in and that side of um scenario whereas i feel like with women it's just a part of simply existing like there's even times when i'm fearful in my house if my, the rest of my family is not home so i think it's just and, and I know that's not just my reality, like it's the reality of so many other people as well. So I think that's just the only distinction that like I would want to clarify. I think, can I, let me let me give you a theory. This is a theory I have is that women aren't too, like growing up, women aren't um, so uh, involved with conflict, like physical conflict. So women are also at a disadvantage because they're not, they don't have experience with that. So like, they don't know what that's like a lot of women. I'm not saying all of them, but a lot of women, right? But guys, like we kind of like, you know, grow up fighting a little bit between ourselves. Like we have, we punch each other. You know, every guy's gotten enough school fight and punched somebody or been punched, right? So like when we're, when we feel kind of um, in danger, we have, some of us at least will have the mentality of, oh, bring me, I'm ready. Like, let's go. Like, so the, that, that fear is minimized for a guy because we have a little bit of experience and obviously experience kind of takes away from that fear of the unknown right but for a woman who's never been in a conflict heavy situation where she might have to defend herself like that's so scary because 
it's completely unknown, let alone that she's fighting a gender that is much stronger than her. While I do agree with you, I don't know if I 100% agree with you, but I do see where you're coming from. But one more thing I would like to add to that scenario is, the thing is, when men fight, you know, afterwards, the blame isn't more likely to be put on one man. When a woman, even like, for example, in the scenario that she is fighting back, you know, in almost every single case you read about, you hear about, the blame is always put on the women. Why were you even in that position? Why were yeah, you- Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not about, yeah, I don't, this is again, yeah, I'm no, not no, I agree. any moral claims or anything. I'm just yeah. saying, like, as a matter of fact, men have more experience growing up and fighting and could be put in physically, con- or physical conflict situations. So the fear of the unknown is less, but on the other hand, women have, have to fear two things. They have to fear their attacker and they have to fear the, the consequences of what happened because they have, a lot of times, they have no yeah. experience of physical conflict. So speaking of these scenarios, I really want to talk about the importance of being a bystander, whether that's an active bystander, a quiet bystander, whatever that is. And I know we all have some stories we can share, some examples we can give. So whoever would like to start, I think that's a great discussion to have. What is the responsibility of someone? Because I think oftentimes, most of us, especially like if you try to be a good Muslim, are not the ones perpetuating these um, these stories, but we are the ones that are standing actively by, like, that, that are just standing by when these stories happen. I think it's really like, it's rare that any of us can say we've never heard, of, like we've never seen any of these things happen or have like noticed them in our vicinity. Yasmin, do you wanna go first or should I go first? Okay. <laughs> You said it so low as if nobody's going to hear it. We're going to cut this part, so you might as well say it. Okay, so I'm going to share the story. Like, the story is not even, like, it's a seemingly, like, harmless interaction, but I just wanted to share it because um, I feel like the seemingly harmless interactions are often, like, precursors for how guys actually, you know, talk and deal with women in real life so um in university i was participating within this club and they were running this campaign and i was responsible for um reaching out to people so i can meet with them take their pictures whatever and so i realized that i had a lot more like girl volunteers than guy volunteers and i wanted more guys on the campaign so i reached out to this one guy like this acquaintance we're gonna call him guy a okay and I reach out to, to guy A and I'm like yo like do you know any guy who would be down to be on this campaign because I want more guys to be on it and he was like I know this other guy we're gonna call him guy B <laughs> and, and um I, I think he might be interested so I'm gonna reach out to him and let you know and I'm like sick so he reaches out to the guy he gets back to me he's like guy B said he's down um, what times would work best for you so you can meet up with him and I was like you know what this week my schedule is really flexible so it's all good let him let me know what times work for him and I can make it work it's all good okay so guy B reaches out to me and he's like these are the times that work for me so we pick a time okay we decide to meet we meet the day of we're walking towards where we're supposed to take his picture and we're just having casual small talk I've never met this dude he's never met me I don't know him um and so while we're walking he pulls out his phone he opens the chat that he had between him and guy a and he starts talking about how he was like oh like I heard you were doing this campaign and I thought it was really cool blah 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 and then he turns his phone around so that I can read the chat I don't remember why he turned his phone around for me to read the chat but anyways he did I started reading the chat um and in the chat guy a sent him 
oh, by the way, the girl said she's really flexible with her time. So let her know what times work best for you. And then Guy B's response, which is the guy I'm taking the picture of, his response was, um, of course, she would be flexible with her time. What girl wouldn't be flexible with her time for me? And don't even worry about it. I will make I will, I will make her time worth it with a bunch of like questionable emojis. And I'm like, at first I was like, what? And wait, then- wait, 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 wait. Question, yeah. like, wait, wait, what? The, what's the second part? What? Questionable. What's the second part? Oh, I just, I just said he, he said, <laughs> he said I'm gonna make sure I, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> okay, because so no, Loki. The, <laughs> the first part wasn't that bad. And no, no, listen. The second part, I'm like, okay, because okay, no, yeah, he said, he said, okay, he said the statement. He was like, I'm gonna make sure I make her time worth it, and he has like a bunch of questionable emojis. And at first, I didn't think about it too much. I was like, whatever. There was more messages. I, I didn't get the chance to read them because he was like, oh shit, you're not supposed to see that. And then he turns off his phone, and I was like, okay, now you just confirmed my suspicions. That is weird. Why would you? Anyways, and the entire why would he show you? that's the thing i don't understand anyways <laughs> and then the entire interaction after that he was like super overly friendly and clingy and i was like bro i, I don't know you you don't know me let's just do our thing and, and let me leave um and then afterwards he tries walking back with me and i'm just like fam go your way leave me alone anyways besides the point what i'm trying to say is if you hear one of your boys saying weird things about random girls or even if it's girls you know tell them to stop because <laughs> It's my stop laughing. <laughs> if I was trying to get cancelled. <laughs> yo, yo, rip headphone users. I'm like, dude, listen. I'm not I'm not trying to be cancelled. I'm just laughing so hard because the way Rund is telling the story is hilarious. I'm like, this is like her, her facial expressions. Huh? What? What'd you say? <laughs> Nothing. I was like, I can't take I can't take any of this seriously anymore. Like Anyways. See, look at that. I made it easier for you. That's it. The experience is wiped away from your memory in a bad sense. That was just funny memories. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> um, and so what I was, what I'm basically trying to say is if you see or hear one of your boys talking about a girl in a weird way, tell them to stop it. Because um these are probably gonna be reflections of how they actually talk to women in real life. And anyways, you guys can add on to it. I even forgot what I was trying to say. Thanks, Ismail. Uh, don't worry about me. I just you, maybe say. you didn't get your coffee this morning. I don't know. <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> I just want to say um, that's very important. Like the fact that you're having a conversation with that guy and they're saying weird stuff and you're not doing anything about it. That's really messy. And mm -hmm. like you, you just staying quiet, like you're 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 still that's still like you're being problematic with that wait you know, who's being problematic runda or the guys in the group chat the me guys, <laughs> i'm joking <laughs> the thing is i feel like it's not even about them actually like for example showing it to you right even if they don't yeah show yeah it, yeah, yeah. Without you finding out about this it is still problematic but i feel like that's where the disconnect arises in that a lot of people are like, it's only problematic if they then, like, for example, show it to you. But it doesn't matter whether the girl sees this or not. Just talking about any person in that way is, honestly, I have no other words other than problematic. Like, you need to do better. Mm -hmm. 
Yo, do you guys want the male perspective now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually genuinely want to know. Okay, That's okay. exactly what you're here for. Okay, okay. Here's, here's how the cookie crumbles, okay? This is at least for me. I don't speak for all men. <laughs> yeah, <the> disclaimer. <laughs> no, straight up. Okay. So, talking about girls we know in a disrespectful way, no go. That's always been, that's nothing new for me. That's how, like, I was raised. There's nothing new, like, uh, what's it called? Like, or at least, you know, especially, this is especially true since, like, I've, uh, like, become a practicing Muslim and stuff like this. So, like, yeah, that's a no-go at all. Um, especially if they're friends and whatever. Like, yeah, that's a no-go. That's, like, there's boundaries, there's respect, all that stuff. Jokes are cool, though. So, like, what he just said, the first part, I was, I didn't have a problem with where he said, oh, what girl, is it flexible or free or whatever? Yo, it Michelle was the second that part that was weird. Yeah, yeah the second part yeah. was messed up. I'm talking about the first part was hilarious. If that's all he said, I would have just laughed because a couple of, uh, I know the listeners weren't, like, I don't know if they saw the episode yet or not, but, like, a couple of uh, recordings ago, Misha was, like, going on about how the guys around her bums don't chase their education seriously. So it's like, yeah, maybe that guy has girls around him or freaking, like, just chill and do nothing. So, like, yeah, it's, like, it's it's a funny joke, and that's completely fine. I'm not anti-jokes. I love jokes. So uh, all in good fun, right? Um, with regards to more serious things, right, because Renda's thing is, like, very light. Like, that's this is light work, right? We could have way more serious things. Okay, this is, again, my perspective. Even before I was a practicing Muslim, so this is post three years ago, I still would not tolerate any type of uh, stuff that, like, any type of males in my circle that were messed up towards women. For example, I had a friend who one day uh, came to me and, uh, what's it called, told me that he cheated on his girl. That, and he was, like, yo, telling me that, like, uh how much like like he's like he was interested in continuing it too whatever it didn't matter that he he wanted to continue or not on principle i cut him off that day because the way i see it is even before me like opening up and becoming more wise to islam and everything i saw it as always tell me who your friends are i tell you who you are if that guy's cheating on his girlfriend uh one day then eventually if i get married or if i what's called at the time or whatever like if, if like yeah i got into a relationship then that guy would be a bad influence. And if I had a fight with my future wife, this guy would be a bad influence and he'd tell me to go cheat. Same thing with like any type of messed up behavior towards women. If you don't, if I don't necessarily do that, but people around me in my circle do that, then eventually, no matter how much you are not interested in peer pressure, just by being surrounded by it, it will become normal to you. So you don't need to be peer pressured into it, but you could be, um, what's it called? Psychologically, like coerced into it because you start thinking that something that's wrong becomes right in your mind because it's so normal and, and present around you. So, like, my advice to guys is, bro, have some real, real standards and criteria for the type of men that you're surrounded by because you'll become the men you're surrounded by and vice versa. They'll become you. So, like, if there are men who are like, what's it called? Uh, making fun of like rape victims, or if there are men who are um, not taking the allegations of women seriously, or if there are men who refuse to help out women, for example, like walk a woman home or then or make fun of her for trying to seek out more help because she feels in danger or whatever. Or if you have men that are just mistreat women, all these type of men, you need to ex you need to cut from your life straight up. Like don't even personally, I don't believe in this. Oh, let me stick around and help them type of thing because this is something. This is a bare minimum. If you don't do this, then honestly, I'm not, I can't be asked. So I, I straight cut, but that's just personally me. I'm not speaking for anything. Ismail, I have a question for you. 
Mm-hmm. When you are cutting these individual thoughts your life, do you tell them why? Oh, hundred percent. They like they know. I'm very. You know me, Michelle. I'm very frank, right? So I, I'm like I'll just I straight up was like, yo, like you're a cheater, and I can't have. There's even at the time I even they they all my guy friends knew this about me, and they knew this about me for a reason because when they would bring around guys to like chill or whatever, like their own guy friends, they knew not to bring around these type of people because I will like straight up page them. And two types: the people who uh, what's it called drink or are, are intoxicated and drive. And the people who cheat and mistreat women. So, like any of these, don't bring them around me because if they say it in conversation as like a proud guy thing to say, I will page them. So they, so even my friends knew not to bring friends that they had that were like this. So I had very, very clear and strict boundaries with that even before like Islam was a big part of my life. Let alone now as a Muslim. Mm-hmm. So I just want to like add on to what you just said. I definitely think cutting these people like you shouldn't be surrounding yourself with individuals like this so I agree with you cutting them out is like a really good thing to do but the one thing I do want to say is I feel like you everyone should always tell them why because the thing is if you don't say why or what they did was problematic then the cycle just continues if it's not you then they're going to repeat it to someone else mm-hmm. and they're going to keep on uh, engaging in that behavior but when you actually tell them or call them out on what they did and why you are kind of cutting them out then you know what they might still be likely to repeat it but at least they'll be forced to think about it at least for a minute yeah no i, I agree that's why you, dude guys come on it's not that hard like, just we just need to be vocal and you can't just be like you can't okay this is the the non-manly thing to do which is to oh you figure out something about a guy that you're uncomfortable with so therefore you slowly phase them out and like not talk with them not message them like if they try to hang out you you flop on them this is this is the, the easy coward's way out no all you need if even if you're not confrontational all you need is a message that's like pretty long and decisive and like it just shows exactly why you're not going to be friends with them anymore and you're good i personally don't mind conflict whatsoever so I'll do it in person and I'll be like on the spot. Like I've had people slip up and say something in front of me that I did not, I do not condone. And on the spot, I'll be like, yo, like I'm going to be real with you. We can't be friends. And that's it. And this is for these reasons. Mm -hmm. And I also think like that is for me, at least like in my distinction, like that is if someone actually says something or does something that is completely horrible. If it's something more so like, it's going to in the future like if that type of like talk continues like I think for example what Randa was saying like if that's the way to talk about like the example she gave if that's the way someone talks about it that in itself is if it happened like once or twice it's not enough for me to cut that person out but that would be a clear indicator that I need to tell this person yo this behavior is not okay and if they repeat that behavior then you're out if it's like a one-time thing you said it and then I called you out on it and you actually took that advice and learned from it then you know what that's fine because I think everyone has that opportunity to learn but the number one thing that I well actually I don't want to get into this we'll come back to it Um, I just feel it it, it's so weird that we have to address this to like Muslim dudes because like there is some bare minimum stuff right as a Muslim that you have responsibility to do that non-Muslims don't like let's say if we're having this conversation beyond the Muslim sphere there are so many things we could cover guys that what's it called guys that cheat guys that beat up their women guys like there's so many things that are like so present in western society and they're like they they're part of daily conversations with um with non-muslim men but like uh so that's why i feel weird because it's like somebody who's like a 
considers himself a practicing Muslim, it's like, do I really have to like lecture practicing Muslim men about like bare minimum stuff? Mm-hmm. That it just feels that? so unnatural to okay. me. You just reminded me of something. I remember when, so when we lived in Qatar, predominantly Muslim country, I used to have this issue a lot where I would be like talking to guys and then a guy would want to come and put his arm over my shoulder. And I'm like, why would you want to do that though? Like, we no, already- he was reaching for something. <laughs> Brenda, it's not all about Listen, you, listen. <laughs> this girl gets an espresso machine and now she thinks she's a talk of the town. <laughs> okay, I don't want to say what I want to say anymore. That's it. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I am embarrassed now. Now you gotta say it. Okay, so anyways, so they would always like try to put your their arm around your shoulder or like go for the hug or whatever. And when you when you tell them like, hey, you're a cool person, but like I I like my personal space. I've been called stuck up plenty. I've been called a bitch plenty. We're gonna have to beep that out. But why is that like? that's literally bare minimum stuff i never feel the need to put my arm around a guy's shoulder for what reason what is the reason anyway maybe you haven't met that guy that you want to (laughs) also in professional i'm gonna ignore spill and keep talking annoying today when even in professional spaces like the whole putting your hand on someone's back to move past them i've had that happen so many times and it's so uncomfortable and i know it's not like a muslim experience only it happens to girls everywhere and i'm just like why is that ne- like why can you not move past me or just say excuse me without putting a hand on my back like that is so weird and it's such a common like it's so normalized in like professional workspaces that nobody bats an eye on it but that is not okay mm-hmm. i have i have two stories Man, do you have a joke for this one <laughs> no I, I you know what i held back the joke and i was gonna say a good like i was gonna say a good oh um seg or like not segue but a good thing but i wanted to stop because yasmin was talking yeah, I, ha- I want I have two stories to share about like this this prompt. So one is a funny one. Randa was there. Uh, my aunt got me a Louis Vuitton backpack, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I'm not wearing this. I'm not wearing this. And then everyone was like, wear it, wear it to school. You know, it'll look nice and everything. And I'm like, okay, fine, okay, fine. I wear it, and we had an MSA event, and then we come back, and it's like, what time was it, Randa? Like 10 p.m. We're walking. Yeah, to, we're walking to my car. And I just keep jumping. And they're like, why do you keep jumping? Then I'm like, I think someone's gonna like steal my steal something from my bag or something. They're like, relax, we're with you, we're behind you. And just because me wearing that expensive bag, I'm like, I'm never gonna wear this ever again because literally the wind blew the string and it hit my it hit my uh, butt. Right. And then I jumped again and I'm like, someone just touched my butt. Someone just touched my butt. And then they're all looking around. They're like, it's me. No one's around here. Like, what's wrong with you? And then second story. So basically, um, our, so I was a part of a club and uh, we had a meeting and it started at seven. It ended at 1130. Okay. And they were still sitting and talking. And my mom's calling. She's like, okay, what the heck? You need to come home. This is like a really long meeting. And then I'm like, yeah, I need to go home. I have assignments and everything. So um, usually what happens is if someone gets up to leave, we all go leave together and we make sure everyone gets to their car safe. And I'm there and I'm like, hey, does anyone need a ride? Because I'm freaking out. Like, I'm not going to walk to my car alone in the night. It's a 15 minute walk. And um 
there were a lot of posts on the must knows group about people like getting harassed and there were people in taxis like come into my car right now and that kind of stuff so I was just like totally freaked out and then I I asked everyone I'm like does anyone need a ride and then they're like no we don't need a ride we're good I'm like okay does anyone need to leave with me can someone leave with me and then they're like no and I'm like okay but it's 11 30 and I can't walk alone to my car can someone walk with me at least? I will drop you off to your car. I'll do anything for you. Just walk with me to my car. And the girls were like, Yasmin, you're a big girl. Uh, you're, you're a sophisticated girl. They, they were saying girl. And you can walk alone. And you're good. And uh, no one's going to eat you or anything like that. And I'm like, okay. And I'm not joking. Well, I'm not joking. I literally started crying like I started tearing up and then I went to the guys I'm like hey can someone walk with me because I I genuinely freak out and like if I hear these kind of stories like on must knows or anything I'm gonna take like extra steps to make sure I'm safe and then they're like Yasmin you're a big girl and I'm like okay and then I walked the 15 minutes with fear and I'm like in tears and I called, I, I think I called maybe Randa or I don't know. You called I, me. I called Randa <laughs> and I'm FaceTiming and I was crying. I was crying. And and I, I'm i like, walk with me to my car, please. And then she's just there online. And then I'm, I'm just going into, I, I go to my car and then I finally got there. But that day I was like, I've always made sure everyone goes home safe. I've always made sure that everyone reaches to the, their car safe. And just because something happened, I'm a big girl now. And um, everyone, every, no one, no one did anything for me. No one, I expressed that I'm scared and everything like that. And no one did anything. And I felt super hopeless. And I just, I felt very uncomfortable. Okay, so to go back to what Misha said, because she said that we can't have people um, get off scot-free and not tell them why we're annoyed. Did you happen to like maybe formulate a message talking about how that made you feel and how pissed off you are at these people and sent it to them. Because in the moment, I know it could be daunting. I'll, I'll say like for personally for me, if I was trying to get my friends to do something that was for my safety and they were like being like, uh, whatever, I would in the moment, I would switch and I would get really pissed off mm -hmm. and I would get like visibly very annoyed and I would raise my voice. Now I know that's not like, you know, many women are not combative. So and you know, in the moment, that's not something that they're comfortable doing or within their nature to do. So did you like later maybe like text them and be like, yo, this was messed up? Like, especially to the guys, but even to the girl, because the girls are supposed to be, you know, like what happened to female solidarity and all this stuff. And they're supposed to know your experience the most, right? Guys are oblivious, let's say. Mm -hmm. Although it's not right that they're oblivious, but at least, you know, they have a little bit more of an excuse than the girls who live your your fears, right? And then they still brushed you off. So like did you, even if you didn't, do you feel that like if you're put in the situation another time, you would like be very firm about it at least afterwards and be like, yo, you guys messed up for these reasons? So I did message one person and they, they messaged a day after saying, oh, sorry, I saw your message, but I forgot to reply. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, and, but now that I think about it and talking about it, it's like, I... I will be more like cognizant and I'm going to be, I'm going to be straight up. I'm like, Hey, I really need someone to walk with me. And if you guys are, not, if you guys are saying that I'm a big girl, 
I'm, I'm not a child. I know I can walk alone and everything, but this is what's happening. And I need that support. If you're not going to give me that support, F off. Yeah. Like straight up, like that's how it should be. Mm -hmm. Just one thing I do want to say is calling people out. I don't think it's so much. So sorry. Well, I'm picking on like a specific sentence you said. I'm just, oh, I know you probably just said it, but I mean it in the sense that I don't think it's like a gender thing, whether you're combative or not, or whether you can call people out. I feel like it's just a personality thing. Like some people do, some people don't. And that applies to both genders. Um, but I find like, these are the type of scenarios when we're saying like, be, the thing is, these are not unfounded fears. Like at that time, I remember you seen what time you're talking about. There was a lot of harassment happening on campus and there were like messages out from the police station, from everyone saying, taking, like be careful about this because this is happening so these are not just fears that we've thought up of these are actual fears and if your friends are not taking action well like everyone the thing is yes just mean like ask for help but everyone else in that room is also equally responsible if they didn't say anything and like didn't help her like you're all equally responsible but i feel like the responsibility often is only left on the person instead of like all the active bystanders. And like speaking of this, I just want to mention, I was I was thinking a couple of days ago and I actually wrote down three scenarios that I have like three examples in my life. And they're all to like they're seemingly innocent, like Rhonda said, but they all are indicative of how people don't take a stand, especially men. And in these examples specifically, I said something. I said something every single time. But the thing is, because I was a woman because they didn't, I don't know if it was a matter of respect or what it was. I don't know what was going in there, but I wasn't heard properly. Mm -hmm. But I know because I have had very similar experiences when other guys in my, like surrounding me have spoken up and backed me on what I said or repeated what I said. And you know what, that the outcome of that situation has been entirely different. So for example, I remember in second year, I was, there was like a big group project that we had to work on and of course like when you're working on a project like we had to get it done for the next day like it ended up being about like 10 o'clock not that late but still it was dark outside and my mom wasn't feeling well so she couldn't come pick me up and I had to my mom was like do you want to take an uber but my uber app wasn't working anyway I was like you know what I'll take the bus home there's still buses running until about 12 and I had to walk from like it was just like where everyone else was together and just to the bus stop it was like dark at night and we were on like it was about like a five minute walk to the bus stop and like campus was very like quiet like there weren't a lot of people there and this person in my group offers to walk me to the bus stop and I was a little bit hesitant to say yes because I didn't know this individual like I've only worked with him in a group project but I don't actually know him so in my head what I'm thinking is if I say no and something happens to me, everyone's gonna be like, why didn't you accept the help? But if I say yes, and this individual is the reason for that hurt, then I'm still gonna hear the same thing. Why would you say, go, why would you say yes to someone you don't know and trust them? It, like, it doesn't matter what scenario, and I, I'm still stuck. But like, that was like an internal debate. What happened on the outward was the thing that really messed me up was somebody in, like when this individual offered to walk me to the bus stop, somebody else in the group goes, come on, wouldn't you 
rather like they could see that i was thinking about it so they said come on wouldn't you rather have it be him than someone else if something does happen like to you for example they were saying wouldn't you rather have the perpetuator be him because he's a good looking guy than have it be someone else <laughs> and i i cannot tell you how messed up of a situation that was and everyone else proceeded to laugh with a follow up comment being like uh you're uh the follow-up comment was something about how I'm, I forget the exact word used, but it was about how you're a hijabi and don't worry, nobody wants to like touch you that way. And I was like, you think this is, uh, this is something that we should be honored? Like we should, oh, this is like a badge of, like, oh, I'm pretty, therefore I'm getting to, no, excuse me. Like, and the fact that all of these guys around, around me were laughing and they're, we're finding this amusing. I'm sorry, that's not a joke. I mean, it, it depends on your relationship with these people. Like, I could see that being an okay joke with people who are like, no, not which, but by the way, the joke I'm talking about is, wouldn't you rather be him than, than that guy? I'm sorry, I don't, I don't even think that's an appropriate joke at all. I have to- in, in the right situation with the right friends, I could see it being, I, okay, it's distasteful, but I don't see it being such a thing where you cut somebody off for like, okay, maybe if that person didn't like it, as you said, you're the one that said like, oh, you know, some things, not everything is worth cutting off for. Like there are some things that are like, you shouldn't say or um, whatever. And like that, you could talk to the person and, you know, they don't repeat it. So like in theory, that's a funny joke, but I get how in your scenario that was messed up. And especially the, the comments that came after. I, I, I won't lie, that's pretty messed up. But yeah, man, like I think, yeah, that's kind of a pickle. Like, I don't know what to tell you there because like, yeah, you're stuck and you're thinking about like, do I want to trust this person who I kind of just started to get to know in the group project? Or do I want to risk it? You know? So it's kind of like, I don't know. Like, do, what did you choose? I ended up, I was like, you know what? If, if those comments hadn't have happened, my decision might've been different. But after that, I'm like, that's an indication of the type of behavior that you guys think is okay. Ain't no way I'm trusting you with anything. I'd rather call my mom, have her on FaceTime and I'll deal with it there. I know she can't do anything, but at least it's just a sense of safety that, you know, at least my mom will know if I go missing. But I was just going to be like, I find that a lot of guys too think it's funny to scale, scare girls. Like, even if it's, like, your guy friend. Bro, that's messed up. Don't make funny. light of these things. It's not funny at all. Like, I remember one time, I I, I mean, I don't know the person who was in the car, or I, I don't know. But one time, I was walking home, and it was, like, pretty late. It was, like, 11. And um, I the, the street was empty. Like, there was, there was no one walking, and there was no cars. There was nothing. And then this car pulls up. Um, so I'm walking this way, and the car is, like, coming this way, right? So this car is like it's a black car all the windows are blacked out including the windshield which i'm pretty sure is illegal um and anyways i'm walking and then this car stops right where i'm walking and i always walk in with one earphone like this whether i'm listening to something or i'm not i always do it anyways because just in case i need to act like i'm on the phone i already it's easier than pulling out my phone you know so this at the time there was a lot of stories of like people getting trafficked in London <laughs> so I was already paranoid and so this car stops right where I'm walking okay and then at that moment I just start talking really loud on the phone being like yeah I'm gonna be there in like a couple minutes um don't start the movie without me I'll be there in like two seconds just and then the, the car then starts moving I thought I was being paranoid until I heard the same exact story from like three other girls 
And I found out that a lot of guys go around the city doing this stuff for fun because they think it's funny to scare girls. Wait, how do you how did you find that out? What kind how of what? How did how I find you, like, the what out? Because I saw it on Twitter. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I found like. I know it's a thing though. I've seen like there was a post that went like viral on the internet of like some guy talking about how he enjoys like walking behind like women at night and like like running like for a bit after them and then when they switch streets he goes and the other street. So dude, this is all like messed up, like disgusting, like sadist shit. Like yeah, it's yeah, I would yeah. like yeah any type of men that do that shit straight up like that's disgusting. But there's no but there. I don't know why I said but. <laughs> <laughs> I've, but most men don't do this how about that there you go okay so that's where i disagree with it wait 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 bro do you actually think okay do you really really in your heart of hearts do you actually believe that most men are out here terrorizing women come on now. i i believe most men are complacent and letting it pass most men are Bruh. responsible for seeing it seeing their friends partake in these type of behaviors and not calling them out on it I don't it's, agree. So I, I understand that you called them out on it, and that is honestly like great. But at the same time, that like you said, that is the bare minimum. That's not something that you should be exceptionally praised for, and that's something that all guys should be doing already, but they don't. Like you. No, hundred percent. I'm not saying I shouldn't be praised for it. I'm. I'm just saying that it's like I've never in my 22 years of being a guy, I've never heard of a guy chasing a, or scaring a girl until like literally last month. So it's like oh, this idea that we are all like walking around complacent, knowing of all these things that are happening to women around us. Like it really isn't like the only time we hear about this stuff is when you guys hear about it in the news. It's, 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 it's as it's, I'm just being real. And then if there, if there's a minority, okay, look, the majority of guys don't go out and, and rape. So the majority of people are not associated with people who go out and rape. The, maybe there's a minority that do, or let's say not, not even rape, sexually assault, Let's keep it there. So the minority of people who do, you could you could make the argument that they're being complacent. That's assuming they know. And you're I'm assuming 100% of them know. I'm not talking. But all I'm saying is that the majority of men don't know. And because the majority of men are not in, uh, what's it called, in uh, in close proximity with men that, that are committing sexual assault. That's all I'm saying. That's It's a very low burden of proof argument. Is that it's to say that men are walking around knowing and complacent to these things on a majority. I don't think that's true. I'm saying I'm not talking about like sexual assault, like specifically. I'm talking about all these behaviors that can fall under sexual harassment. I'm talking about all these behaviors that lead to disrespecting women and lead to these behaviors of sexual harassment. And I'm saying that if if you look around you, like even you, I'm sure you can think of like when you think about you can think about behaviors that your boys have participated in that weren't okay. Whether you talked about about it to them or not is like a separate thing. Like that doesn't even matter at this point. But almost every single guy that I can think of, and I have had these conversations, everyone can admit that there have been those occasions where they're probably like you know it wasn't an okay conversation but because it was a joke or because it was whatever you let it pass and like for example i remember like it, another group project honestly second year was all because i was in a class where majority of people were guys and i was one of the five girls in that class and that really opened up my eyes to the way a lot of people behave and the it was a, another group project and this dude was like on tinder like swiping right or whatever and that's a separate story that this person was a muslim but we can forget about that um and there and he's sitting there and he's talking to some girl and she sent him a photo and he is going around showing it to everyone in that chat and and, and like they're all okay. talking about her. but women do that all the time 
like it's the amount okay. of... I'm not saying it's okay if women do it. I don't yeah, think... Yeah, it's I'm just saying, that. like, that's like, I don't but know, I feel like you're posting like it as, like, something that guys do. Well, that's a straw man argument. Just because someone else is doing it, like, it's okay? Like, oh, no, no, it's not. That's my point. But you're. I feel like you're framing it as this is what men do. And this isn't what men do. This is what people on Tinder, many of them do. This is why, this is the fact of the matter. It's not just reserved for men. I'm not saying, this is, look, all my arguments are not moral arguments. We already know. We're Muslims. We know what's right and wrong for us. Cool? Or, well, we believe it's objectively right or wrong, but it's, it's irrelevant. But my point is, is that do you, the, I feel like there's a lot of phrasing that men do this. Well, women do it too. Like women make jokes and lewd jokes about men all the time in their group chats. And women have tea conversations in their group chats and they make jokes just like men do. So like we could keep that same energy that's fine and have no jokes whatsoever and everybody calls out everybody and everything but that's idealistic and i don't think that's really a, a achievable goal personally speaking most men are complacent in not calling out other men when they notice problematic behavior and i stand by that statement and second of all when you're talking about anecdotes it's not just my life it's you can talk to any woman around you and they will tell you this and i like to say that this is how is it that all women experience this, but then to say, yo, but not all men do this. Well, like, the no, no. thing is, when you say all men, like, I feel like everyone takes it as, oh, every single individual. It's saying enough that it's a problem, enough that it's a cause of concern, enough that all women are fearful. We're going to wrap up the conversation because I think we talked a lot about our experiences and what we've seen happen, but I would love for us to talk about what do you think actually needs to change in society or what needs to happen um, in order to make our community safer? You know, let me, let me oh. tell you about two experiences and I think that's what people need to be like. You know, this, and I'm gonna mention the names because they deserve the, uh, they deserve the clout. Um, I feel like I already know who you're gonna talk about because I have a story about them too. Okay, anyways, so there's two, it's two different people, two different stories, but this one time, we were coming back from an, an uh, from an event, from an MSA event to go to another MSA event, and I was giving people rides, and um, and then I'm like, you guys, I'm gonna drop everyone off, and uh, and then I'm gonna go park and then I'll run to the event so you guys are not late, and what's it called? Mito was like, no, I'm gonna sit in the car and I'll make I'm gonna walk with you because that's so weird. Why would you walk alone, right? And then I'm like, oh yeah, why would I walk alone and everything like that? And that just made me thinking like, you know, like he cares about like a sister in Islam's safety, you know? And I'm like, that's something really important. And then this one time we were having an MPL meeting, like when, when, when Misha and Faizan were talking about MPL, it wasn't even MPL then, they were talking about forming a podcast with Randa and I. And my mom took my car and I had, I had to, and she's like, I'm not coming to pick you up take the bus and it's like 9 30 at night so me and Faison were walking the same way and I missed my bus so then I'm like okay if I miss my bus I might as well just walk to the next bus stop to like go of time and then he's like and he's walking with me I'm like Faison your home is there why are you walking with me and then he's like I need to make sure you're you you I walk with you so you're safe and everything like that and this was nighttime and I'm like okay and I'm like okay and then he's walking with me we're making jokes and then the bus is come the bus come is about to come and i'm like yeah you can go home now and then he's like no i'm gonna wait till the bus comes 
so I make sure you're going in safely. He waited that entire time and he that's when he broke his knee too. Like, you know, he had his knee brace and this guy walked with me so long. And I'm just there, I'm like, what the heck? And then that entire ride, well, like, I'm not joking, like that ride to make to home, I'm making dua for him. I'm like, Ya Allah, please make him reach home safely. Y'all, please make sure his knee is healed nicely. So, and I was like making these kind of duas. I'm like, wow, like, and then that that night I was just reflecting about the type of the type of guys that I want my my daughters to be surrounded by, you know? And that's how we need to change our society. We need to raise a good men. You know, we need to we need to be we need to have these conversations with our men. We need to make sure that, you know, um with with my with my sons i'm gonna be like treat everyone like your sister do you not want your sister to be protected do you not want her to feel safe you know do you not want her to feel comfortable so for that reason i i i'm going to that's that's like i'm going to raise my children like that i'm gonna raise my sons like that and i'm gonna make sure they treat everyone like their sister because i'm sure that my like everyone would want to treat their sisters with like amazing respect and like they want to make sure they're safe and I know for a fact that my brothers have done that because there were times where my brother would stay up stay late to for law school with his friends and then he would give rides to the girls home he's like no it's too late I need to make sure you're home safe you know so that's something very important um Faison is gonna get all the shout outs today <laughs> basically one time um Faison and I were studying in the library and I was um, gonna go grab dinner with my friends afterwards and so um my friend was like I'll just pick you up from campus so you don't have to like do the commute back and forth and so I was like cool she messages me and she's like yo I'm five to ten minutes away and this was like at 9 p.m and so I packed my things and I'm like yo Faison I'm gonna go and he's like, I'm going anyway, so we can leave together. And so we leave together. We're walking out of the library. And the direction where I was headed was not the same direction where his house is. Like, if he was to walk me where I was supposed to be going, it's going to be a way longer walk for him to get home. But anyways, he's like, no, it's all good. I'll just walk with you. And then he walks with me. And then he waits until my ride is here and until I get in the car. And then he leaves. And I was like, this is so nice. So basically, if you're a guy and you have the time don't let girls walk alone. Um, because even if you feel like it's a safe place, you're at least going to be saving her the anxiety of walking alone. Because, yeah. But anyways, shout out to Faison. He's not here, but... I was going to say, we can just continue shouting out Faison because I can add to that story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you going to add? I, I can, sure. <laughs> Just, to, just you know what just so Fidan gets the proper shout outs I'll add to that story by saying I, again this was when his knee was broken and I honestly if my knee was broken I don't know if I would have done it though I should as a good Muslim I should um, again same thing like studying it's like about 9.30 and then you have to take the bus home and this man goes the opposite way to wait at the bus stop with me because again it was night and there's not a lot of people out to wait at the bus stop and he doesn't leave until I get on the bus and that's such a nice gesture. Like, it honestly means a lot. And the fact that just me, Nanda, and I, like, we all still remember these moments just shows you how valuable these actions are. 
Um, I'll, I want to add something. Wait for you go first, and then I'll add it. No, no, it's, it, uh, it's not. Did anyone ever walk you home? <laughs> I've walked people home. I'm not. I've walked women home. I'm not. Nobody's walking me home. Nobody cares about me. It's all good. Um, no, nah, I'm good. I don't need anybody walking. But yes, I have walked people home. But that, that, the point is, for me, how do we make it safer? Well, there's. It's two sides to that coin. Let's. So for the guys. We need to make sure we are making the women in our lives feel heard. And not just that, we need to proactively seek out what makes them comfortable and what makes them feel safe. Now, for example, if you're studying with people at a group meeting and it gets late, you need to ask like, yo, um, I know it's late. So let me know what you need to like feel safe to get home. Like, hey, do you need me to call you an Uber if you don't have Uber on your phone? Uh, do you need uh, do you need me to walk you home? Do you need me to stay with you at the bus to the bus? Like just offer up the options so that they don't feel like they need to bother you and ask. That's that's how I feel about that as well. Um, obviously, with regards to the guys as well, you can't be if you're a guy that's letting uh, or com like complacent or allowing people around you um, uh, knowingly like allowing people around you to participate or even be involved in acts of harassment to women. You need to fix yourself up. And that's me nicely saying it because I don't want to swear. But if you're not part of those part of those guys, then yeah, as I said, just make sure that you're doing your utmost best to make the women in your circle and your like in your immediate surroundings feel safe. Uh, with regards to girls, I say just try your best not to be in a situation where it's bad. But that's again, that's like bare minimum stuff. It's like try to set yourself up for success. And obviously that's again, bare minimum. The reason why is a girl could set herself up for, sex, for success in so many ways, but then still be in danger. But again, it's all about personal responsibility. So at least a girl has to do her part and make sure that she's not put in a vulnerable position as much as possible. And then the males in her life can also help and aid by making it more safe for her. So it's a two, two way street, you know, the girls do their best, guys do their best and inshallah big society is safe. You know, I just want to add on to Ismail what he said. Um, like when I was growing up, my brothers, like my brothers raised me. So they they knew society well and um they put me in karate. You know, and I'm like, I'm like, why am I in karate? Like, what am I gonna do? Like, I can't fight anyone in school. They're like, when you grow up, you're gonna have to fight a lot of people. And when I think about it now, I'm like, yeah, and like the 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 moves that my my teacher would teach me specifically they're called senseis but I feel weird saying senseis so I'm just gonna say a teacher um uh he he would be like if if a guy ever attacks you like the way he would teach me and everything like that if a guy ever attacks you go for the balls and all that kind of stuff I'm like okay so in my head now it's always like okay even if even if I'm walking and I'm like if anything ever happens to me go for the balls so yeah yeah I've, I've said this in a previous recording but I'm you definitely putting previous, my kids. You said it in the interview, so say it again. Oh, yeah, yeah. I said it yeah. in the interview. So I'm definitely putting my girls in, like, uh, what's it called, Krav Maga or some kind of self-defense classes or at least, you know, maybe jujitsu or MMA, like some, something in that realm. The reason why I didn't necessarily put it onto the girls because I don't want to tell the girls, although, yes, in an ideal scenario, I would love if every girl listening to this goes and signs up for classes. But I know that's not exactly uh, a suitable option for everybody. Not everybody lives near a gym that provides these services. Not everybody can afford them. Not everybody has the time for them. So that's why I didn't, I didn't want to throw that onto the girls and be like, if you're not doing this, it's, it's your fault. But 
if you do have the opportunity to do this at an older age or whatever, if you're our age, like, you know, in your high school or teen or what's called our university years. And if you have the option, go sign up, take control and be empowered, take control of your safety. Because you know, what's, you know, at the end of the day, no matter how much men ed get educated, there will be, even if 99% of men get educated and 1% of them is around you, it just happens that way. You're going to want to feel that you're able to, what's it called, defend yourself. And, you know, 911 can't be, you know, uh, quick enough as, as you defending your own self. So, but at the same time for the men listening, you'll really think about when you have kids, like the girls, at least, you know, if not the guys, at least make sure the girls know how to protect themselves, at least know how to like get out of a headlock, know how to like um, get out of a situation where somebody's trying to uh, bear hug her from behind or any of those things. So like just bare minimum stuff, you know? Yeah, so I agree with everything everyone said. And I personally would want to add that I feel like in terms of like, there's always like these social media campaigns or like, you know, when we talk about uh, safety and women's safety. And I feel like the one shift that I would want to see is whenever we're talking about women's safety, we're always talking about the steps that women should be taking. And yes, like Ismail said, like personal safety is the bare minimum for everyone. Like everyone should be taking those steps. But for me, I definitely think that some those like campaigns and those things also need to shift to like Ismail and I were talking about and all of us were talking about today to talk about what boys need to do as well boys need to like if you honestly this should be a part of your upbringing but if it's not then you need to do the work to educate yourself and become a better individual than maybe you are right now and I think there needs to be more of a focus in these social media campaigns on the steps that the things that boys can do as well, because the reality of the situation is that in the, like women are the victim, well, in most situations, not all, um, women are the victims and men are the perpetuators. So in that sense, they have more power in just that dynamic. So the one with the power needs to be more responsible with how they use that power. And, and that includes in my eyes, like calling out like, you know, people around you when they make a derogatory joke, when, of course, like harassment off that you 100% should be calling out. But I think it also applies to these scenarios where like, honestly, they seem like innocent jokes, but I think there's a lot of innocent jokes being made that have so much, um, like it's basically like rape culture can be seen in those jokes. And I think they need to be called out as well. It, like, And I remember one time when I called someone out on a joke like that, they said, it's not that deep, like learn to laugh a little. And the thing is, that's such an easy way to shut someone up, but that's not enough. Honestly, it's not a joke and it's not something to be like, just lighten up about when it's the experiences of so many individuals. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll say that, uh, although Mish is completely like, fine to have that opinion, I'll, I don't agree with that opinion. I think that all social media campaigns or all the campaigns that have to do with women's safety are targeted um, or sorry, I targeted towards what men need to do. It's uh, like if you look at social media, if you look at any single campaign, it's all about what men need to do. So I think it's, I think there's been a, a pendulum swing and the, the pendulum has swung way too far in the opposite direction. So like there's no balance anymore. It's all about, okay, women need to do nothing to control their own safety. And they just need to, or at least that's a signal that's being put out to a lot of young women. And their safety is dependent on the education and the actions of men. And that's where I'm trying to draw the balance and being like, listen, as a woman, you know, if, if something happens to you, 
nobody's going to bear the consequences other than you and your family and the people around you, right? So it's, in my opinion, foolish to just completely throw away all um, responsibility of your safety. Um, and this is not what Mish is saying. This is what I believe uh, a lot of the movements are saying. They're I'm projecting to women that, oh, you should, you know, we should live in this idealistic world where we could do whatever we want and men need to be educated. Well, if you want to be, in my opinion, foolish enough to put all of the responsibility of your future, your safety and your life into the, you know, the probability that men will always be good around you, then I don't think this is right. I think women need to be taking, I need, I think not women, I think the signaling and the messaging in these campaigns need to start coming back and the pendulum needs to start coming back into the center. And it needs to start talking about what men need to do, what women need to do and how you know this meshes well into a better and healthier society. That's just my, my own perception of these campaigns. Brenda, you could uh, tell us how you feel. No, I, like, I agree with you. Like, I get it. Because <laughs> I was, I don't know. <laughs> Why'd you sound like I was lecturing you and then you're like, I get it, mama, okay. Like, bruh. Okay, okay. No, because I was actually, after after we had our conversation um in the interview because we talked about this topic as well um i was just like looking into all of the 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 campaigns that are like recently posted and stuff like that and i agree a lot of the like campaigns at least very recently have been um you know if you're a guy read this thread or if you're a guy here are 10 things you can do to make women feel safer and stuff like that and 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 i and i get it i like i like those are really really important conversations to have but i think like ismail said i like I, I feel like especially on the internet people tend to always like everything is always like so polarized and it's the conversation can't be that way otherwise we're not going to get anywhere and so yeah I, yeah, I think I, just a clarification I do want to make is I'm not talking like when I mentioned campaigns I'm not talking about like recent year and a half or two years I'd say mm -hmm. I agree with you Ismail sometimes I do think it goes a little bit too far in that uh, pendulum and it needs to be brought back into the middle but I'm saying like when I think about it like when I think about campaigns I think about the campaigns that I saw when growing up like I don't think about it recently I think about it like in the past like 10 years when I was growing up, excluding the past two years. And in that time, honestly, like my perception at least of it is that most of those campaigns were only targeted towards women with like bare minimum mention of guys. But in the recent years, I have seen that switch. Oh, that's that's fair. Yeah, I don't really know about the, the more previous campaigns. Like, so, or like, especially, I know you've told me that like, there's a certain emphasis on telling women how to change and not men in the uh, what's called like DC kind of culture. Like you've mentioned that before. So maybe I'm missing, like I have a cultural gap there, but uh, yeah, I'm definitely talking about like, you know, the last like five years, like what's been happening in the West in here and all yeah. these campaigns. Yeah. And I definitely appreciate you like noticing the shift. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to all of you for engaging in this conversation. Hopefully you have these conversations with your own friends too, because I'm sure our scenarios might not relate to yours. Um, yeah, have these conversations and try and be as safe as possible, guys. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.